You're listening to the Carterville Church Life Podcast. I love our church family, and I hope that you do too. Our goal is that the episodes of this podcast would keep us connected and focused while we're scattered for our week on missions together. I hope that you're blessed by what you hear today. Hey, church family, welcome back to the podcast. I'm glad that you tuned in today. Can you believe that we are over 350 episodes into the podcast? Blows my mind. We started the podcast because we wanted to remember that we were the church family. We were joined together. We belonged to each other all week long, not just on Sundays and Wednesdays when we gather, but for the entire week, we share a common family and a common mission. And so thanks for using the podcast to help us remember that. Quick shout out today. I want to give a shout out to Hannah and Abigail Watkins, who listen to the podcast on their way to school every day. Thank you, ladies, for supporting the podcast and for listening to our content. I hope that it is useful to you. Church family, I would like to read from the Psalms some for the next few days. And the reason for that is just because I returned to the Psalms this past weekend. Lindsay and I went out of town to celebrate our 20th anniversary. Technically, the anniversary is not until the end of May, and many of you know that. But this was a moment where we had the opportunity to make a little block in our schedule. We have a pretty busy spring, so this was a weekend we could afford to do it. So we went away. And my devotional reading was the Psalms. I I read several of the Psalms, and I have enjoyed my return to the Psalter. I wanted to share some of the fruit with my church family. So let me set it up this way. When I first read the Psalms as a mature Bible reader in college, I was a little disappointed, and I wanted to tell you why. The Psalms are praised in the church. People talk about the Psalms and how uplifting and encouraging and powerful and beautiful they really are. And so, as a maturing Bible reader, when I first started to really dig into Scripture, I was ready to read the Psalms for myself. And I could not wait to walk through this rich treasure trove of encouraging Scripture. And I learned as I read the Psalms that many of the Psalms are exactly what I was told they would be. They were powerful, they were beautiful, they were rich, and they were deep. But some of the Psalms, for me, were mellow or lamenting. And I learned that the Psalter is actually not just one-sided. It's actually very, very colorful. It really reflects the human experience with God, with ups and downs. And so the first time I read through the Psalms, I was kind of bummed out because I went to the Psalms just looking for these feel-good Psalms, this poetry, these worship songs. They're just going to elevate my soul and my spirit. And I wasn't ready for some of the raw emotion or the honest conversations with God. And to be honest with you, my first time through the Psalms as a mature Bible reader, I was a little disappointed. And then I began to read them more. And as I had a little more experience and a little bit more life under my belt, the Psalms began to take a different form for me. And I loved not only the feel-good, upbeat Psalms, but also some of the teaching Psalms or the Psalms of Lament. I began to appreciate most of the Psalms and the human experience that they really reflected, and they got a little deeper. Well, my journey took a major turn in seminary. One of the most impactful people in my life was a seminary professor named David Howard. 
Dr. Howard was my Hebrew professor at New Orleans Seminary, and he taught a course on the Psalms in Hebrew. Uh, we translated uh, several of them, obviously not all 150. We translated several of the Psalms. We studied the Psalms. We learned a lot about them. And one of the things that my professor made us do is to keep a devotional journal. Seriously, we were graded on the one hand for translating Hebrew, but on the other hand for keeping a daily journal where we read each one of the Psalms and wrote our wrote our understanding of the psalm, but also our prayerful response to it. And that exercise, here I am 20 plus years later, made a mark on my heart. This past weekend, when I opened the psalms, there were lines and phrases that I've passed over in the past that really had my attention this go-round. And I've just coming to learn in my 44th year of life that the psalms truly are a treasure for the church. That as we mature and go through different seasons of life, different psalms and different lines from psalms will resonate with us. So I want to kick off today with an introduction to Psalm 1. There's 150 psalms, and they're placed in some order, but we don't totally understand the order. There are some things we can understand about the patterns when we look at these books of the psalms. There's actually five books put together to make the Psalter. But we can't totally understand what the Hebrews were doing, what the Jewish authors and organizers were doing when they put the Psalms together. They were written over periods of hundreds of years by lots of different authors. And the final form that we have now, uh, it makes sense in lots of ways, but we don't think we totally understand why every Psalm is in its place. But we do believe that Psalm 1 was intentionally placed at the beginning. It is the entrance way into the Psalms. This is the Psalm that is supposed to help a reader be ready for the wisdom and character of God that they're going to discover on their journey through this cathedral of 150 Psalms. So Psalm 1, let me share it with you. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of scoffers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Not so the wicked. They're like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment or sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The very first psalm introduces the reader to a fork in the road, whether you will choose to be the righteous or the wicked. The very first psalm warns the reader about the fate of each, that the righteous will be blessed as they walk at peace and harmony with God, but not so the wicked. Their life will be light like chaff, even if they're a king or an emperor over a vast empire, even if they have wealth and fame in the Psalter, their life amounts to chaff that will blow away, like the hull, the shuck around a little wheat seed that blows away lightly in the wind. And so the first psalm presents this fork in the road and reminds you that the wicked will not stand in the judgment. So measure yourself well. Psalm 1 is 
considered a teaching psalm, a didactic psalm. It's a psalm that's supposed to be given to give instruction, so that would cause us to stop and consider the fork in the road. It calls us to consider the path of our life. And so I want to encourage Carterville to consider the same thing. Today, I want to encourage you to choose that you will be a person who will not walk with the wicked, stand with the sinners, or sit with the scoffers. This is a progression where you see a person first walking, then standing, and then sitting. And the idea is that this person is getting deeper and deeper into sin. Their life is losing traction in the right way until they're stuck really in a rut with the scoffer, sitting by the roadside mocking, mocking God, mocking others, and causing nothing but trouble. Rather than ruling over God's creation in a good way, they are just bringing harm. So I want to encourage you, like, don't walk in the way of the wicked. Choose your company well. Choose your direction well. When I read this passage, it tells you the righteous person's life is like a tree that's planted by water. The point there is that it's not going to suffer a drought. It's not going to wither up and die. They will bear fruit. I hear echoes in John 15 when Jesus says that he's the vine, we're the branches, and we'll bear fruit if we abide in him. The righteous person draws strength spiritually from God. And that's where your fruit will come from. You are like a tree planted beside water. So I want to encourage you, if you're the righteous person today, don't forget to be nurtured by God. Drink deeply from the Lord. Don't miss your morning prayers or your opportunity to reach out to God through the day. Don't forget that your strength comes from the Lord. When you read this psalm and you see this fork in the road and recognize that, okay, the decision to not walk in the way of sinners helps me to become the righteous person. When you see the fate of the two people, I can be like a tree anchored and watered and bearing fruit or chaff blown away by the wind. When you consider the judgment, the wicked won't stand in the judgment, but the righteous will prosper at God's hand. You ask yourself, well, what is the defining characteristic? And in Psalm 1, the defining quality of the righteous person who chose not to walk in the way of the sinner is that they delight in God's law. Verse 2 carries the weight, but whose delight is in the law of God and who meditates on that law day and night. It turns out that the word of God is the difference maker in Psalm 1. And consider that you're about to walk through 149 more psalms, which are the Word of God. And I want to encourage you to reflect on them, to meditate on them, to think deeply of them, to understand God's law, His character on full display, not just through the law in Exodus and Leviticus, not just through the Levitical law concerning our moral, ethical, and religious behavior, but the entire counsel of God's teaching about who His character, what His character is, who God is, and what He expects from His people. And so I want to encourage Carterville Baptist Church that we would be people who delight in God's law, who turn it over in our head throughout the day, who meditate on it and think about it, who let it murmur in our mind until the words of God define the thoughts of our heart. So church family, I want to encourage you, walk well, take the correct fork in this road, and as we read through the Psalms, be the righteous person whose roots are drawing deeply from God. I love you, church family. God bless you. I hope you're encouraged as we read a few psalms. 